You know what? Let's pray first. Stand up. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you. What a wonderful opportunity to, Lord, just gather together and, Lord, just to put perspective, Lord, in life. And, Lord, our, our roles as men, our responsibilities as leaders. We ask, God, that you would just, uh, Lord, just your Holy Spirit would fall upon, Lord, this place today. May you have your way, God, in us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can be seated. I've been given the topic, being a godly husband. Now, this is the weird thing. I was given the topics, and I didn't plan that to happen. It just kind of, I was just kind of going, oh, I'm going to have Ponch do this, have Mike do that, and have Robert do that. And I got to the end of it, and I, and I got, I'm stuck with that. And I say that because, because you feel so you know, unqualified to, to say I've been the godly husband our whole marriage because the reality, I've been married to my beautiful wife for 21 years. And the first, first five years, dude, I don't know why she stuck around. It, you know, it was rough. And uh, I, I wanted to do, I, one of the things I realized is that without the power of the Holy Spirit, guys, it's not only impossible to live the Christian life, but it's impossible to be the godly man that God has called you to be in your home. And I think it's that power of the Holy Spirit that, that uh, helps us to do what's impossible naturally and to do something that is only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. And it, when it comes to this role, now, now I know all of you guys are not married here. I, I realize that there's some of you guys younger, a lot of you single guys here, and, and the reality is you're, you might be thinking, well, this, this has nothing to do with me. But most of you will be married. So if you're younger and you're not married yet, just going, you need to listen up. Because one day you will be married, unless you have the gift of singleness. It's a gift. Not many of you guys have that gift. And uh, so, you know, you, I, I think, you know, just really taking note and listening to just what the Lord would say. Can I have my lights up here, guys? I, I, I'm kind of blinded here. My note. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Now, now let, let me read you a verse out of, open your Bible real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Check this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, look at verse 32. For you single guys, watch what it says. Paul's talking about the, this, the whole marriage union, and then, and then he, he kind of goes off course and he says, but I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. He's saying hey, it's, it's, it's a good thing if you can stay single. Because then you can focus your attention on the Lord and, and really keep that priority. But if you don't have the gift of singleness, then he goes, you know, your, your option is you have to get married. And, and getting married means that your priorities change. That now you have to be cared for and be concerned about your spouse, your wife. We also know that the, the Bible says that it's not good that man should be alone. Very beginning, God created us. He created Adam. And He formed him. And, and He saw that Adam was, 
was, you know, there lonely in the garden. And, and, and God, God said, it's not good that man should be alone. And then he brought all the animals. And I kind of picture in my mind, you know, Adam just kind of checking out the animals. God said, I'm going to bring you a helpmate that's comparable to you. And Adam just kind of looking at the hippo going, I don't think so. <laughs> right? And just one by one, these animals are coming up and he, he's going, God, ain't working. And then it says that God put him into a deep sleep and then he opens him up and from his side, from his rib, the closest part of his heart, he takes that and he forms a woman. And he brings that woman to Adam. And we, we know how she got her name, right? He goes, whoa, man. Check that out. Right? Now, what, what's amazing is that, is that when you get married, you, you, you realize something really fast, you, mostly by, by the time your honeymoon comes along, that you're not her boss. You figure that out quick. You've been called to be a leader, not a boss. You've been called to lead your wife spiritually, to protect her physically. You've been called to be the man of God that she can follow. Now, now that, 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 that's a hard thing for us to grasp. You see, I, I, I didn't marry my wife so she can do my bidding. Right? I, I, didn't, I didn't marry her so that I can have someone that kind of does all of my dirty work. All of my laundry, although she does do that. All the dishes, although she does do a big portion of that. Now we have kids and changes. But it's not run like a corporation, right guys? I think I've had guys come to my office and go, Pastor Ray, you don't understand. You need to talk to my wife. She's not submitting to me. I see the problem. <laughs> She's not your your slave. She's not your hireling. You, you didn't, you didn't kind of go into this relation going, I'm gonna be the boss. Can you imagine if, if it was like a corporation? Kind of going up for review every year. Kind of come on into the to the counseling room and just go, let's, you know, let's get your report card and see how you did this year. Imagine she's giving you the report card. You'd be in probation. <laughs> every year. Right? And then she would be able to fire you. <laughs> but the reality is, is that is that marriage is isn't some some rulership. From the sense that that a that a that a job would be, or 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 a dictator would be, and it's also not a democracy. It's not like well, I get fifty-one percent of the vote and she gets forty-nine, and I own like the bigger share of the company. That's 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 not what marriage is all about. You see, I, I want you guys to open to Genesis chapter three. Check this out. Genesis chapter three. We know the fall. Most of us are aware that, that it was the serpent that came and tempted Eve. And as he tempted Eve, she took of the fruit. But check this out. And, and, and it, it tells us that 
Look at verse... Look at verse 5 first. Actually, go to verse 6. For the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took the fruit and she ate. And she also gave to her husband with her. And he ate. She also gave to her husband with her. Adam was standing right there. He watched the whole thing go down. And he saw the serpent deceive. He saw the serpent lie. And she, he saw her bite. And then he goes, oh, give me a bite. And he took it too. And then the curse comes. Check, check, check out verse 16. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrows and your conception. I will greatly multiply your sorrows and your conception. Now, now he just, that was an overview. Look, you're, you're going to have a lot of sorrow, and in your conception, you're, you're going to have pain. He gives us a description now. Watch what he says. In pain you shall bring forth children. Those of you men who have children, you know exactly what that means. Because if you were in the delivery room with your wife, you saw pain. You may even experience pain because of her pain. I got nail marks I think are still there from the pain that she was in. But check this out. This is, this is comical. Look it. Your desire shall be for your husband. And he shall rule over you. Guys, we've got to be honest here. We've got to acknowledge that the only reason your wife wants to be with you is because of the curse. <laughs> She's cursed. Your desire shall be for your husband. And so that's why she just continues to endure. Hoping. Praying. That someday you'll become the godly leader she needs. The, the, the last verse is, and he shall rule over you. You see, she defaulted. You became the leader of your home as a result of the fall. And, and you cannot deny that, that God has given you that responsibility. You've been called to be the leader. And God has made us different. He's made us the, the conquerors. He's made us the, the, the risk takers. The women like security. They, like, they, like, they, like, they want to make sure that you know, they, got, they got all of their, their stuff. They, they like to nest. They like you know, all their stuff in order. And, and guys are going, let's just risk it all. Right? I'll start a business. I'll go do something crazy. And, and you know, that, that God made us different. And, and He's made us different in, in, our, in, our, in our nature, but He's also made us different in our physical attributes. You, you, you guys are the stronger vessel. She's the weaker vessel. And you know, we're living in a time where we know that's not, you know, we're all just the same. We're all equal. I don't see no linebackers in the NFL. 
I don't, I don't see any women that are, that are, that are quarterbacks or, or, or pitching on, you know, 90-mile-an-hour 90 fastballs. They're, they're made different. God made us different. There's a different quality that we possess. And, and because God made you the leader, He's made you the, given you the responsibility of leading your home. You know, you know what it, t- it says in 2 Timothy 2.14? It says, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived. So, so Adam, I don't know which is worse. She was deceived. She bought into it, but he willfully did it. He was like, oh, you're doing it? I'll do it. Even though I know it's in rebellion to God. And his role and his responsibility was to what? To protect her. To watch over her. And so guys, we understand something. That we have a responsibility as men to watch over, to lead, to, 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 to be those, the protector in our homes for our wives. And then we realize this, that man, we, we fall so short of that. I, I know I'm guilty of it at times. Especially those early years of marriage where I just, you know, I, I, I thought the world revolved around me. I thought she was supposed to be doing my bidding. You know, I, I thought, I thought why, why did we get married? But the reality is, is Jesus came to give us a role model. He's our hero, right? He's the one that we look to for any kind of direction, any kind of wisdom that, that you and I need, Jesus has already laid it out for us. And so as we look to Him as a role model, as we look to Him as the one who we're to follow, you have to ask yourself some questions. How did Jesus lead? When He was with His disciples, you know, I, 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 did, I, don't, I don't ever hear any kind of uh, forceful words to His disciples. I don't, you know, I don't see Him trying to pull the, the power trip. And he, it, anyone, If anyone could have, it should have been Him. But he, he, he chose to lead by example. What do you do with the disciples? Every time they would do knucklehead things, what would Jesus do? He would sit down and he would give them a lesson. He would teach them. He would, he would pour into them. He would start to sh- teach them the lessons that they need to learn for their role and responsibility as leaders of the church that, that one day they would be. I found it interesting in Mark chapter 10. Open your, open your Bible there. Mark chapter 10. Jesus saw the disciples disputing amongst themselves who was going to be the greatest. Now, now that, that would have been a perfect moment for Jesus to come along and say, you bunch of idiots. What do you think you're doing? But look what Jesus does. Matthew, Mark chapter 10, look at verse 42. And Jesus called them to himself and he said to them you know that those who are considered rulers over the gentiles lorded over them and their great ones exercise authority over them yet it shall not be so among you but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant and whoever of you desires to be first shall be your slave of all for even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. 
What, 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 what was Jesus' response to this? He goes, hey, hey, guys, come here, come here. I, I, we need to talk. He goes, you guys know what the world does. You know how all of the other corporations, you know what all the other rulers do in the world. They pull the rank. They throw their authority around. But he goes, not you guys. That's not how we operate. That's not how I operate because he uses himself as the example. What did he say? The Son of Man didn't come to be served, but he came to... Sir, he came to set the example of what a leader does. And guys, I, 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 I suggest to you that that's what you and I have been called to do in our homes in leading our families. Leading your wife, leading your children. And you see, it, it, it comes down to serving them, teaching them, spending time with them. You know, the, the reality is, as, as the pastor of this church, I, I'm not the one your wife's to, 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 the one she's to be looking to for spiritual direction. She's to be looking to you for spiritual direction. You come here to get fed, but, but you're, you, as a family, but you're the leader of your home. You should be her spiritual leader. Not the pastor. Now, now there, there, there's the role of, of the church and there's the role of the pastor and the head of the home. And man, I think we're gathered together to go, man, we, we need instruction and direction being built up together. But within the family structure, you're her head. And therefore, she's looking to you for spiritual leadership. Looking to you for, for, for guidance and direction. And the only way you can, you can show that to her and to your, to your family, to your children, is by taking that responsibility as servant. You want to be the first? You want to be the leader? He goes, then become the last. You want to become the, 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 the one who, who's the ruler? Then, then you become the servant of all. It's different in the kingdom of God. Guys, I, I tell you, I, I, I'm doing marriage counseling way more than I should be doing marriage counseling. And I'm having to deal with divorce situations way more than I should be doing with divorce situations. And the reality is, is it's happening inside the church. And the, and, and the, and the, and the greatest reason is because, it's not because women won't submit to their husbands. Let me just say that. Because the men have forfeited their role, their God-given responsibility as leaders. We've been, come, we were, we've been called to come alongside and, 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 to, and to serve them. Matthew chap, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, check this out. Turn, turn your Bible there. Ephesians chapter 5. I, all, all of us like to start at verse 24. No, actually verse 22 is where we like to start. Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. You got that one memorized. I already know that. You guys can probably say that with me. From memory. 
Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. But look, look at verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. That takes, that, that, that's where it all puts it in, in the framework that it was intended to be in. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. I take the role that God is giving me because I fear God. I take the role of, as, the, as the husband of my home and the leader of my home because of my fear of God. My wife takes the role of, of submitting to her husband because she fears God. But it all starts with the fear of God. It all begins with, I, God, you've given me this responsibility and this, and, and this great role as, as a leader of my home. And because I fear you, I want to I be faithful in that responsibility. And then, as he goes to verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her. What did Jesus do again? He set Himself as the example. Just like He did in the, when, the, when the two disciples were fighting with each other. He goes, hey, just like the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. He goes, let me tell you something. You're to love your wife as much as I love the church. How much did Jesus love the church? He gave Himself for her. He gave it all. Sacrificial love. Let me ask you this. How many of your bosses at work would give their life for you? None? <laughs> how, how many high-ranking officials would give their life for you? None. You see, it, it's, not, it's not like the corporate world, man. He's talking a whole different realm here. He's talking about husbands loving your wife as Jesus loved His bride, His church. That's what we've been called to do. So, as Jesus gave us the example, as He kind of laid out our role as husbands, as leaders, I, 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 th I think, guys, here's, here's the bottom line. If you expect your wife to take her role, then won't that same expectation say that you need to take your role? If you're going to lead by example, that means that you need to be submitted to God. And if you're submitted to God and, and you're seeking God for for wisdom and direction, for decisions, for, for you know, how we're going to spend the money and, and, and what our priority is going to be. And, and you're seeking God on, on and how we're to, we're, to, we're, to, where we're to worship and what we're to do. If you're making that priority, if, this, if your wife sees you seeking God, I'll guarantee you she'd be more than glad to submit to you. Let, let, let me read you a couple of verses. James 4.7 Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. He said, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshy lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles when they speak against you as evildoers, that they may by your good works 
which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether the king or supreme or governors or those who are sent for his punishment as evildoers for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. He goes, look, look, you, you have a responsibility. First of all, submitting to God, submitting to, your, to the authorities that God has established. He says in Hebrews 13, 17, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls and those who must give an account. He's talking about the leadership of the church. You see, if you won't bring yourself into submission to the things that God's told you to be in submission to, then what kind of example are you setting for your wife? It's okay for me to be in rebellion, but not for you. You see, the, the, the reality is, is that you're, you're setting the course. You're the leader. You've been called to be the leader. And if your wife doesn't see you taking the roles that God has given you, why would she want to follow someone that's not, take, that's not following God? So we need to be men who are under submission to God, to the authorities to the body of Christ. And as, and, and, and as you take that role, as you begin to do that, the, I, I'll guarantee you one thing, man. You will see, not only will you see your family start, start, start to understand that that's how things are to be done because I see, I see my leader doing it. You know what he says in 1 Peter 5, 15, 5, 5? He says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to the elders. That, that, that trickles down all the way to your children. Because as they see dad, the one who's, who's submitted to God and submitted to the authorities and submitted to the body of Christ, they go, man, submission is, is, is what we're supposed to be doing. You see, we're to be living a life under that authority, under that submission of God, and as we're seeking after God, man, that all of that begins to call into play. There, there's one story that, 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 that strikes me. That every time I read it, it just, it just sends that chill down my, my spine. It's found in Genesis chapter 19. And I, and I want to ask you guys to, to open up your Bible to Genesis chapter 19. You may be familiar with the story. It's the story of Lot. And we can go into all kinds of directions with Lot. Remember, Lot, had, had he was with Abraham and and, and, and Abraham said, hey, our, our herds are getting too big. We've got to separate. And Abraham says, you know what? Remember, Abraham was the elder. That was his nephew. He says, you know what? You choose whatever land you want. I'll go the other way. And Lot's looking around, and it says that he saw the valley there where Sodom and Gomorrah was. And it was lush, and it was green. And he goes, I want that place. I want it all for me. I want the best land. I want the best for me. And, and so they part ways. And the next time we hear of Lot, he was camping outside of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the next time we hear of Lot, he's inside of Sodom and Gomorrah at the gates. It was this gradual, just kind of decline in the life of Lot. He went from, from being someone who, who God was blessing tremendously, who was there hanging with Abraham, the father of faith. And then you find him just slowly making his way to Sodom and Gomorrah. And then you find him there 
And this horrific scene takes place that the angels went in and Lot sees them. Now the Bible says that, that Lot was a righteous man. That, that's the only reason you would believe that he was because the Bible said he was. Every, every, every other indication is that he was a man that was, that was pursuing after his own gratification and his own desires and his own flesh. And so he has the angels come into his house. He's trying to protect them from the, the, the perversity that was taking place within Sodom. And then, as the homosexual men gathered around because they wanted to know them, the, the angels cardinally, they wanted to have sexual relations with the angels, Lot offers up his daughter. I, I, as a dad, I can't even imagine that. Hey, I got a virgin daughter. You can have her. Do with her whatever you want. Just leave these guys alone. Those of you who are dads, you, you, you relate to that. You go, what in the world was he thinking? You die before you give up your daughter to a bunch of perverts. Right? I, you go down swinging, man. But he, this, this is how, how depraved he had become. I mean, you know, this is where he had become desensitized to his surroundings. But, the, but then, in, in verse 15, this is where we're going to pick it up. Genesis chapter... 19, look at verse 15. And when the, the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise and take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, in the hand of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. Now that tells us a little bit about his character. You see, the angels had already told Lot, Lot, judgment's coming, man. Get your family out of here. God's wrath is going to be poured out upon Sodom and Gomorrah. You guys need to leave. And it says that Lot was lingering there. It's kind of kicking back. There's no urgency. There's no hurry. There's no priority. I got time. It, it, it even gotten so bad, guys. Go, go, go to verse 12. I, I jumped the whole section right there. Look at verse 12. And the men, the angels who were there said to Lot, have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city, Take them out of this place, for we will destroy this place because of the outcry against them who has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Look at verse 14. So Lot went out, and he spoke to his son-in-law who had married his daughter, and he said, get up and get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his son-in-law, he seemed to be joking. He seemed to be joking. What, what does that say about Lot's life, man? He hadn't led by example his own life, and so now no one's willing to take him serious. His own son-in-law goes, hey, let me tell you, man, I, the angels were here. They, they're going to they're gonna bring fire and brimstone. This place is going to be done, man. You need to get out of here. And he goes, ha, that's a good one. You've lost it, Lot. 
That's how, how did it get there? How did it get there? Where his own son-in-law, his own family, man, were, were at the point where they, they, they looked at Lot's example and they said, you know what? That's not believable. He was to be the leader of his home and he failed in his responsibility as the leader. And, his, and, his, and his, his, we, we know what happened to his wife. Even though she was drug out by the angels, she looked back longing for Sodom and Gomorrah and she turned into a pillar of salt. You see, his whole family was infected. His whole family was messed up because Lot wasn't willing to be the leader that he was called to be. And that's going to be true, man, of my home, and it's going to be true of your home, man, unless we stand up and say, you know what? I need to take the responsibility that God has given me. I need to be the spiritual leader. I need to be the one who's leading my life, my wife, and the Word of God, and my children, the Word of God. I need to be the one that's bringing them to church and telling them, hey, you know what? We're going to, I'm bringing myself under the authority of what God has established. I'm going to bring myself under the authority of the ruling authorities of the government. I want to be a man of God, and I want to follow God with all of my heart. And as you do that, man, let me tell you something, man. God will blow your mind he'll blow your mind because you're the leader because you've given that responsibility to lead and you might be going man it's too late for me you don't understand it's, it's we're, we're at the brink we're, we're, you know my whole family's about to be destroyed I mean, you tell you, it's never too late man for you to surrender and begin to take the role that god has given you never today could be the day where you stand up and say, you know what, man, from here forth, I messed up everything else. But by the grace of God, from here forth, man, I want to begin to be the man of God so that I can be the example, not only to my family, man, but to a world that's going to hell in a handbasket. Guys, we're living in very interesting times. I, I, I believe it's Sodom and Gomorrah all over again. You and I are here, man, and it's not long before the destruction that God's going to bring upon, man, the seven years of tribulation that are going to begin, I believe, man, we're right at the brink of eternity. We're there. And we might have months or years left, but, but you know what? We're seeing our society, man, just turn upside down morally, emotionally, I mean, you know, economically. You look at every arena of life, man, you know what? Things are changing fast. Fast. And yet, you know what, while it's today, you can make a difference. While it's today, as you stand up and say, you know what, man, I don't, I don't want to follow the same path that Lot followed. Because as we're seeing our world crumble, man, I, I want to make sure that I'm able to, my family, my, my own children, my own wife would take me serious. They'll never take you serious unless you go, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit to God. I'm going to submit to the things that God has established. And then as you do that, man, then you'll see and them respond because they see an example of how to do it. You see, I follow Jesus because I've seen his example. Right? I bring myself under submission. I see, I see sacrificial love. I blow it all the time. I come back and say, God, I blew it. I'm so sorry. And God goes, come on. Right? And, 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 and that's the kind of love your wife needs to see from you. That's the kind of love that your kids need to see from you. And guys, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray right now. And, and what, what, what I want to do, man, is I, I want to challenge you husbands and you men 
Maybe you're going, maybe you've already in that, in that place of divorce, but you're saying, you know what, man, I, I, I want to start to be the example, not only in my home, man, but I want to start to be under the authority that God has established in my life. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that today, man, would be a day where you say, you know what, no more excuses, no more justifications, no, no, no more trying to loophole it or, you know, scoot around it, but that from here, man, from here, I bring myself under God's authority and God's submission. It's, it's not even possible without the Holy Spirit. We just prayed for the Holy Spirit to come in. But guys, I, I think it's, it's a whole nother, you know, a whole nother vein, a whole nother aspect where we go, okay, you know what? I'm under the submission of the things that God has established in my life. If that's you, no, no, you know, we're not here to impress anybody, but if that's you and you're saying, you know what? I, I, I need to change that course right now. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to pray right now. Just quick. Just, we're, we're just going to pray, man. Awesome. Awesome. Father, we come to you. And as men, we realize that you've given us a, an incredible responsibility to be leaders in our homes, our wives, our children. And Lord, it's, it's, it's the easier road to, to forego that responsibility. Lord, I pray today would be the day where we would take that to heart and we would realize that our submission to you will directly affect our submission, our wives and our family's submission to us. Lord, I pray that today would be the day where, God, your Holy Spirit would, would, would just break us and mold us and shape us to be the men of God you call us to be, to be the, the leaders and the examples in our own homes. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys.